Okay, so the Berlin Marathon recap that no one asked for. In fact, I, I put it out on Instagram, like, should I record this? And one person actually said no. And okay, just don't listen. Um, I'm sorry to that person who thinks I'm annoying, which I can understand that. So uh, all right, here we go. So yeah, yesterday I ran the Berlin Marathon which is a race that I've been targeting for a long time. I think I've applied, well, I've actually, I know I've applied at least twice for the lottery and one time didn't get in and then got in to run it for 2022, but shortly after found out I was pregnant and that my due date was actually either the day before or the day after the 2022 race. So that wasn't going to happen. But thanks to Berlin's more progressive policies, I was able to defer to 2023. And I mean, after having a baby, you just, you never know. You don't know if you ever are going to be able to run again. It's so personal and it's so just individual with how everything is going to turn out. And I was lucky. I had a pretty easy return to running. I had, um, a few little injuries here and there that I'll I'll talk about, but I tried to be smarter than my pre-baby self and came back gradually, made sure that I had a good foundation in strength, um, made sure that my nutrition was really good and that I wasn't overtraining. So actually, I think I peaked at like 68 miles a week and it was that was just one week um and only ran only I mean you know we're runners we say only but only ran six days a week and made sure to take uh, a day off every week and yeah sometimes maybe I'd I'd do the peloton or I'd go for a walk or something but or sometimes I'd just take it completely off just depending on how I was feeling um but just made sure that that day was really even if it wasn't a total rest day, it was a day where I was just kind of enjoying myself and not trying to make any fitness gains. It was really meant to be a day for rejuvenation and just let the hard work sink in. And I think mentally it's been really good for me. I think a lot of us have trouble taking a day off for whatever reason. I have found that on the days when I didn't do anything, I was just way more tired. So even if I just went for a short walk, it, it gave me a boost of energy. Um, and so so that was helpful. But I think, you know, it's good to take a day off from running. And it's also good to know what works for you and know why you need to do activity on your rest day. Um, like what's motivating you to do it and to sort of to sort of listen to that. Um, okay, so that's my preachiness. Um, I, I don't know. I'm all over the place. I didn't make an outline for this. I didn't thought about it a little bit throughout the day, um, but don't really know where I'm going. Maybe I'll start with the training and talking a little bit about some injuries and, and things that cropped up along the way. So in March of this year, 2023, I ran the New York City uh, half marathon and I applied, I think in December, not thinking I would get in, but thinking that if I got in, it could just be 
a fun race no matter what. No matter what kind of shape I was in, going to New York is always fun. New York Roadrunners do a great job. I've heard it's a great race. Um, I just thought, you know, it, it again, no matter what kind of shape, it would be fun. Um, I actually was a lot sort of further ahead in fitness by that time than I thought I would be. And so I just, but again, my goal was really just to have fun. I wasn't looking to set any PRs at the time. You know, I think my longest run before that was about 15 miles, but um, it took me until about March to get to 15 miles. I remember like my longest run in November was like seven miles um, of 2022. And I was like, oh, this is a big milestone. I didn't run that much towards in the third trimester. Um, my doctor told me not to, it really didn't, and, and it didn't feel good. Um, so I took about four months off from running completely. I started running again about five weeks postpartum. Again, everybody is very different. I had an incredibly easy delivery, no tearing, um, and essentially my doctor checked everything out and was like, do what feels right for you. Don't push it. Um, and starting to run just a couple of days a week. It's not like I went from no running to running six days a week. I would do every other day or every two days. And, you know, the mileage was minimal and the, the pace was easy and slow, uh, but started running about five weeks postpartum. And that's what felt good and right for me. And again, everybody is very different, but I had taken four months off. Um, so anyway, back to New York City half. So um, yeah, it was a great day. I had some goals in the back of my mind and I was able to run just a smidge over 135. Didn't really feel like I was pushing until really I got to Central Park um, and then there's some hills and then I was like, all right, I'm ready for this to be done. Um, but, you know, you're never running exactly 13.1 miles, and it was a really, really, really cold and windy morning, but it was just, I don't think I've ever been so happy or joyful after a race. Um, I just felt like, wow, I think that, um, I think it's going to be a good summer. I think it's going to be a good build up to Berlin, and I just, it reminded me why I do this, and I I was really happy, and so I just felt a lot of good momentum getting ready to train. Um, and then I got a little bit of an injury. I got, I had some, I think it was just some post-tib issues, had some imaging. Um, it made me really nervous. I honestly didn't know if I would be able to run Berlin or do the kind of training I wanted to. Um, took a little bit of time off. You know, in hindsight, probably should have taken time off right away, but I didn't. Um but that kind of cleared up around, it sort of popped up the end of April. By mid-June, it had cleared up and wasn't thinking about it. Um, and then training went really well. I was hitting all my paces. I PR'd in the half marathon um, in July and just felt a lot of really great momentum going into Berlin. I never felt overcooked by the training. Um, my volume was definitely definitely down. And there were some workouts that pushed me, but all of my long runs, even with workouts in them, felt incredibly doable. One of the best parts was members of 
this community that helped me through some of my long runs and I got to to run with them and that was just really it was really great because I think everybody knows that grinding through hard marathon training alone um, and especially long runs can be challenging. Uh, so then about, what is it, four weeks before Berlin, I ran the Alameda 10 miler and that, it went really well. Um, I probably raced it a little too hard. Um, I was like cooked by the end and still had some like five miles to go um, for some, for the long run. And, but it felt good. Um, and then the next day I was running and I had some hamstring issues pop up. Oh, I should say like in the middle of this, I had some IT band knee stuff that never got too bad, but I was managing. Um, and this freaked me out, the hamstring stuff, because I tore my hamstring pretty badly about two years ago, um, before the Boston marathon. And I was just like, oh crap. And to be quite honest, I've really been trying to manage that the last four weeks. Wasn't sure if I'd be able to get like my last big long run in. Um, I fortunately, I was, and that actually felt really good. And so I was encouraged by that, but it just kind of was popping up on and off throughout the week. It would get better by the weekend. I'd be able to do my long run, um, was getting a lot of treatment. So whether that's like acupuncture, dry needling, chiropractic massage. Um, my big account now knows, I don't know how much money I've spent on this hamstring. It's a lot. Um, and yeah, I kind of just trusted that it would all be okay. And, um, long story short is my hamstring. It, it was all okay. So, you know, I think part of it is the taper. Part of it is just the mileage. I don't think it was the same issue as the hamstring tear from a couple years ago, but, you know, it just reinforces the, the, um, the need to be smart during training. So let's, let's get to Berlin, maybe like how I got here, etc. I am very, very lucky that I have an incredibly supportive husband and in-laws who are willing to watch my one-year-old, um, while I go do these crazy things. So about, uh, a week and a half before, I don't even know what time, what is time? Yeah, a week and a half before the marathon, we flew to Michigan. And um, my husband and daughter stayed there with my in-laws while I then made my way to Berlin. So I uh, started the journey to Berlin Tuesday night, actually flew to Newark, had a night in New York, had a day in New York and then was gonna fly to Frankfurt and the plan was to take the train. My flight out of Newark was delayed three and a half hours. I missed my train. I booked a flight to Berlin um, and then my flight to Berlin was canceled. So then I ran to the train station and was able to get on a direct train to Berlin um, and only arrived about two hours later than originally scheduled. So all in all, not that bad. It's kind of like marathon training or any sort of race or marathon. Kind of just have to roll with the punches and problem solve along the way. So made it to my hotel. Um, I have some very, very close German family friends that lived he that live here. I've basically know them, known them my entire life. They see my parents once a year. So really, it felt like having family in Berlin. They, they picked me up from the train station, got me in my hotel, etc. And they just kind of did the things. Um, 
went to the expo on Friday. It's a cool expo in the old Berlin airport, which is interesting. It's kind of weird because you like go through the airport and then you go outside and you're like, this is odd. But then you go back inside. Anyway, same sort of thing. You pick up your bib. They force you through the Adidas store <laughs> to buy all the things. Um, kind of a typical expo. Something that's a little bit different about Berlin, the Berlin Marathon, is you actually wear your tracker. It's called the championship chip on your shoe. So you have to tie it on your shoelaces. So they give you that. And then they, they print out your bib. And the Berlin Marathon bibs are enormous. Um, and they give it to you. And yeah, so got my bib, got all that, went, had dinner, could not sleep. Suddenly the jet lag hit, went to bed around 2.30 a.m., wasn't great. Um, I, talking about nutrition, I ended up working with Megan Featherston of Featherstone Nutrition starting in around April of this year, just realizing that like I really needed some help if I was going to do a good job. It was twofold. It was one, like, how do you come back and manage your nutrition while you're training for a marathon while you're breastfeeding, which actually I stopped breastfeeding around six months. So while I thought that was going to be something we were going to work on, I, I stopped a little sooner than maybe I, I planned personal choice. It's what worked out best for me and Ellie, like honestly the best thing for both of us. So don't regret that at all. Um, and then just knowing that, you know, I wanted to make sure I was being my best self for the race and just given my history, it was really important that I had someone who could hold me accountable and, and guide me. And she does an awesome job. Um, I think that, that people know that. So worked with Megan. So as we were working together, um, or maybe like in our first discussion, uh, realized Megan was running the Berlin Marathon too. So we were really excited. We decided to meet up. We were going to meet up at the expo, but we just kept missing each other for timing things. Um, anyway, so Megan and I met up for a shakeout run. We both wanted to sleep in, so it worked in, worked out around 10 o'clock on Saturday. Um, just a nice little shakeout run around the tier garden. Um, it's interesting. Bridget asked me, like, what's the atmosphere like? Is it, you know, like the, is it like Boston? Is it like Chicago? Is it like New York? And it's kind of a combo. I guess it's not like New York at all. It's sort of like a combo of Boston and Chicago in that, like, there's clearly other things happening in the city, but, I mean, concentrated where most of the runners are staying, like, you're just seeing people wearing their Boston jackets or this year's Berlin jackets or last year's Berlin jackets, like, all over the city. I mean, you can spot a runner a mile away. They're not very inconspicuous so like you definitely knew the marathon was happening whereas when you're in New York sometimes you just don't know um but it's it wasn't quite as intense as Boston so I would say like yeah like a mix between Chicago and Boston and it's it's very international like there are people obviously from all over the world here which is really cool um so that was really fun. Um, yeah, and just, let's see, we're, we're at Saturday now. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Then 
after running with Megan, I met up with um, my friend Lauren, who I was introduced to by my friend Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Um, Kevin, Lauren, and I did a long run together, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. I can't remember. Um, it was the day after Lauren's long run, so we did we did 10 together. Kevin stayed on for 14, and then I had another seven. Um, yeah, and Lauren and I, like, didn't have any plans necessarily to meet up. We would just see how it goes. And we realized, okay, we're both targeting around the same time. Like, let's let's just go out together and see how it goes. So that was the plan. Um, as is always difficult the night before the marathon is sleeping. Um, something also that's just, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Um, I'm staying, I'm actually here recording in my hotel room now, um, in this really hip hotel, 25 hours Bikini Berlin hotel that overlooks the zoo in the Tiergarten, and it's beautiful, and it's hip, and it's, like, super cool, but I'm in the jungle because I've just been absolutely eaten alive by mosquitoes, uh, so that has not been fun, so had trouble sleeping, was kind of up all night itching, finally fell asleep maybe around 12.30 midnight, um, and then in the morning decided I was going to, we were, that me and Lauren and then Lauren's friend Vu, who is so funny, so awesome, uh, lives in D.C., Lauren and Vu were traveling together and were staying together, that I would meet Lauren and Vu at their hotel and we would walk over to the start together. So that just kind of made things a lot easier at the start. So met up with Lauren and Vu and hung out in the hotel room a little bit more. I was honestly feeling kind of nauseous, you know, but I ate like a German pastry on the way there, then had some more oatmeal, graham crackers, banana, etc. And then as you do before the marathon peed about 5,000 times um, before we started making our way over to the start. And I will say everyone is super nice, but there's not a whole lot of, there's not like as many volunteers as let's say, you know, the Boston Marathon or the New York City Marathon, where everyone is just telling you where to go. You're kind of just following the crowds. And um, it starts, the race starts on a street that is, that kind of like dissects the Tiergarten, which is this huge park in the middle of Berlin. And so you have to go through the Tiergarten to get to the, they call them the starting blocks. And the signage just isn't clear. And then by this time, we all really had to pee again. And I think we knew this going in, but they're just, there are not enough porta potties at the start of the Berlin Marathon. Like, just not enough. Um, and actually, Vu saw one and tried to make a beeline for it, but it was behind this truck. And security was like, oh no, you may not go there. Do not pass. And so then we would find, we found the porta potties, but I was like, I'm not waiting in that line. That seems stressful. Um, and so we just peed in the woods. Like there were men peeing in the woods everywhere. And I was like, you know what? I don't really care. I'd actually prefer this because then I don't have to wait in line. And when I need to go, I'll just go. So, and I had to go really bad. So TMI, but I peed in the woods and then we walked a little further, tried to get to our starting block then Lauren peed in the woods and then I was like I should really go again so I peed in the woods again 
And then we were like walking through the woods to get to the starting block area and people were like jumping the fence and it was kind of weird. But anyway, we ultimately made our way over to starting block C and we didn't wait very long until the race started and they had a big screen so you could see them announcing all of the um, elite runner or the pro runners. And when they announced Elliot Kipchoge, like everyone was screaming and it was just very cool. So it's a mass start. So everyone starts at 9.15, but obviously it takes a while for you to actually start. So I think we probably started around like 9.22 or something. And one thing that is, um, that was sort of a theme throughout the entire race. And while Berlin is an amazing marathon and I would recommend it to literally anyone, especially if you're trying to get a PR, um, it's crowded the entire way. Like it is just, you're not really able to enjoy the sights of the city or the crowds because you're weaving and you're just trying not to step on people. And, you know, I'd imagine like if you're, at the front, like that's not as big a problem, but it really, it was really hard to get in um, a solid rhythm, which is probably good at the start because you don't want to go too fast. But certainly like our first couple of miles were slower probably than we would have liked. I think it worked out, but um, you know, cause the worst thing that can happen is you go out too fast and you just overcook it. But it was just it was just challenging to navigate and then you're trying to sort of stay on the tangent line so berlin has a blue tangent line the entire time i really tried like i really tried to rest stay on that tangent line and i still ran 26.51 miles or whatever um so you're just doing a lot of weaving and again it's like that pretty much the entire way which is a little bit of a bummer because you can't you can't just like be like oh look at that cool site like I don't remember anything I saw I was sort of focused on the ground and the person in front of me um but still had a great time and I think that one thing was that was great is obviously we're in Europe so everything is in kilometers and so there's a sign every kilometer and Lauren decided she was going to split every kilometer and we had a kilometer target and then I was just going to keep it on auto lap with my miles and I would yell out our splits. Um, and so that's what we did. And it helped us like it really helped us dial it in. We knew when we were going too fast. We knew when we were going too slow. If a, if one kilometer was like a little slow, we weren't worried about it. If one was a little fast, we weren't worried about it. We knew that it would all even out. And, you know, we were we were running at a good clip um, and we were just talking like we were out on an easy run. and it made it so enjoyable. Um, Honestly, running with her was just such a highlight and so much fun. And I'm hoping Lauren will come on and talk about the experience and we'll get to know her a little bit more. For those of you who don't know, Lauren Miss Kelly is an amazing runner, such a badass. Um, Two kids, works at Google, like she's the best. So she definitely needs to be on the podcast. Um, But yeah, and so we were, we were doing pretty well. Um, Megan had me taking a gel every 30 minutes. So I stuck to that plan. I also carried a 20 ounce bottle and I honestly didn't know how long that would last me based on previous runs. It only lasted like 14 or 15 miles. Um, so then I thought I would have to get water or do something else after that. 
Um, but also those other runs were a lot harder or hotter because I'm a late, I run later in the day usually, um, and did my training a little bit later. So probably needed more fluid. Um, anyway, so around 27, 28 K, uh, Lauren ran out of fluid from her bottle and needed to stop for some water. And I think maybe I'll let her tell her story, but I think started cramping a little bit. So she was like, just go. Um, and I was feeling great. We split the half. We were aiming to, to split the half at about 135. We ended up splitting around 136.20, which I think for me was fine. Um, you know, I think most of that was just because of all the weaving we had to do and kind of the fart licking and the traffic. It wasn't because we were not having a good day or too slow. It was just, it was just the realities of a big traffic jam. Um, but we felt great and we were like, oh my God, we only have half, you know, half a marathon left feeling like you sort of lie to yourself and trick your brain into thinking that you haven't just run 13 miles, um, or 13.1 miles and that, you know, it's just another half marathon to go and that felt easy. So the next one should too. Um, and honestly, like I was feeling pretty awesome, um, basically the whole time and was trying to just like be patient, bide my time, like realize that, you know, the race really begins at 20 miles. Like you run the first 20 with your, what is it with your head and the last 6.2 with your heart. So I was really just trying to stay calm. So if I would see like 645 on my watch, I was like, don't be an idiot slow down, etc. Um, I got to about 10k to go and was like, okay, you can start going now. Um, but actually started to feel some pain in my post tib, the injury I had back from May and June. And I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, so I just decided like, I'm not going to push it maybe as hard as I would. I'm going to save it until the end because whatever this is, I don't want to aggravate it even more. And I want to like, just save my energy. So it was okay. And then about like, by mile 21, it was just really, really hurting. And I just said, you know what, like, five miles to go, whatever this is, you can manage this for five miles, like the faster you get to the finish line, the faster you're going to be able to deal with this. And just use the Dina Castor trick. Like if something's hurting, focus on something that's not hurting. And that really helped. And just focusing on what wasn't bothering me, like aerobically, I felt great. Like my knee lift was still strong. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't tired. I wasn't slowing down. My calves weren't cramping. Like my quads weren't seizing up. Like I have, I've had in so many other marathons. So really just focused that like, that was the only thing that was bothering me and everything else feels awesome. And I also just thought a lot about my daughter. And even though I'm thousands of miles away from her and me getting to the finish line faster wasn't getting me to her any faster. Just thinking about like, I flew across the world and spent lots of money and I'm away from her for basically a week. Um, like I came here to accomplish something and I sure as heck should do it. And I, I thought about my coach and the work that we've done together over the last six years. And I think one of the biggest 
barriers to me running the times that I know I'm capable of is just my belief in myself. And so I wasn't going to let a little bit of pain. Now, again, I only had five miles to go. If you have 15 miles to go, if you have whatever, it's a, it's a different story. Like then you should really evaluate things. Um, but with so little to go, I just, I knew I'd be able to get through it. I knew that my leg wasn't broken. Um, I had felt that kind of pain before. I knew exactly what was going on and I was confident that I'd be able to make it to the finish. I also knew that like stopping or slowing down was absolutely not going to help the situation in any way. Um, so I just focused on getting to that finish line as fast as possible. Um, you know, and then once, once I had 5k to go, I was like, this is, this is a, you know, Dina once had me do a three mile workout at like 650 pace, which felt pretty easy. I was like, I don't even need to run that fast. And that felt like no time, you know? And then once I had two miles to go, I was like, this is just a loop around this, this Stanford loop that we do all the time. And then once I had 2k to go, I was like, this is nothing, you know, this is just eight something more minutes of running. Like you can do this. Um, one thing that I, I thought too, was I thought I would like see the Brandenburg gate from a far away and be able to gauge it. But there's like a lot of turns, um, before you see it and you really don't turn and see it until you're about, I don't know, 400 meters away. And so it was just like, when am I going to see this gate? And then, you know, when you see it, that you still have another 400, I don't know. I don't know if it's 400 meters, but 200, 400 meters, whatever, um, to get to the finish line. And so you just sort of have to will yourself to keep going. But obviously once you see those things, you know, you know, you're going to make it. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was in a lot of pain from just from my post tib, everything else felt pretty good. Um, again, aerobically wasn't cramping, like all of that stuff. Um, and was like looking at my watch and I was like, Oh, can I break 310? Can I break 310? And I really didn't, I did not look at my watch until I think I was approaching the Brandenburg gate. Cause other than knowing my splits, I don't like to know my elapsed time. I don't like to do marathon math. Like I don't need to waste my energy thinking about those things. So obviously I knew my time at the half. That's fine. I knew just from my splits and from how I was feeling that I sped up considerably in the second half. So I was like, I think I'm going to break 310. I don't know, but maybe I was like a little too optimistic um, with that, or I thought I was running faster than I was. Who knows? Um, but 310 came and went, and that was fine. And I was like, I'm still going to get under 31030, and it's going to be a great day. So across the finish line, it was about, I guess my my trip time was 310.25, and I immediately puked. Um, just a little at first and then a little bit more. And I was like, ooh, I'm puking and I can't put weight on my left leg. This is not good. I'm very proud of my time, but I feel not good. So I made, I limped my way over to another area and sat on, I don't know, this block for a while, drank some more water, um, 
then was trying to find Lauren, who finished a little bit after me. She still had a great race. I'm so proud of her. Um, and was talking to her on the phone, trying to find each other. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to go. I need to puke again. And um, now I know what Morton looks like coming up through the other end. It's it's weird. It kind of looks the same. Okay, that's gross. I'm sorry. Um, but there was this nice man who was like, are you okay? He was like, you're going to be fine. This happens to me. Do you need anything? Let me know if you need anything. And he sort of stayed with me. And then we were talking for a while. Um, and I started to feel much better. And the only thing that was really bothering me was my leg, which it just, I just couldn't put any weight on it. Um, and so, yeah, had to like hobble around for a while. Finally got my poncho. There's like a field in front of the Reichstag where a lot of people are just hanging out. I originally wasn't going to bring my phone with me, but I'm really glad I did because I don't know how I would have gotten back to the hotel. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been totally screwed. But um, called my tried to call my German friends. One of the challenges in the finished area to no surprise, there's like 50,000 people is cell reception. So there really wasn't any. Um, and so it took honestly, about an hour and a half longer than it should have to meet up with friends because we didn't have a, a meeting area. And so highly recommend to make sure that you have a, a finish line meeting area. Um, and then when we did meet up, like just getting back to them in their car was really challenging because we had to cross certain areas. But of all the people, ran into my friend Melinda, whose daughter Caroline ran and like had like, I don't know, like a 47 minute PR. I don't know. Linda, you need to, you need to tell me what it is, but it was so happy to see her just gave her the biggest hug and then went and had like the best burger ever. And yeah. Um, then it took me a while to kind of wind down, take a shower. I ordered Uber Eats to my hotel and then actually woke up this morning feeling pretty good. My leg still hurts. It still hurts to put, it doesn't hurt to walk that much, but definitely um, doesn't feel great to put a lot of weight on it. was really lucky that my, my Berlin friends are athletes. So they got me in to get some treatment on it and have it looked at. Everything's fine. It's just inflammation. They're like, you're totally fine. Got it massaged, got it taped up. And yeah, I'm just I'm feeling good. I think before, and this happens to me with every marathon, before, and I was talking to Megan about this because I knew exactly what would happen, but before every marathon, I'm like, maybe this is my last one. I don't think I want to do this anymore. It's so much sacrifice. It's so much time away from your family. Um, you're putting so much time and energy and money into it. And you start to wonder, like, is it worth it? And I mean, yes and no. Like, I feel really, really happy that I accomplished my goal and I'm not satisfied, right? So I want to run faster. Um, but then there's also the, like, that was an amazing experience. Even if I don't run faster, like, it's really fun. And you start thinking about New York next year or Boston or trying to run faster at a smaller race or what this looks like. And, you know, the truth is, I, I don't know, I, you know, maybe a sub three is possible. 
maybe it's not. It would take a lot of sacrifice, um, a lot of dedication. And I think that if I tried, it, it doesn't happen. Um, like I would be okay with that, but at least I tried. But also, I don't know if I want to try. Um, you know, I've got other things going on in my life and I want to make sure that I'm always having fun doing this. And, you know, this was fun. And I think what, what made this fun is, is the belief. Like, I think I probably have been capable of this time for a while, but until this year, and probably because practicing believing in myself through different races or workouts, like, I finally believed it could happen and it did. And, you know, you have to retrain your brain to believe that you're capable of making these big jumps and 10 minutes and 26 seconds is a big jump. You know, it's, it's happened, but I don't, I don't know. So it's not, the sub three is not something that I feel like particularly passionate about and so if I'm not all in does it make sense but is it better if I'm not all in because then I'm not putting so much weight on it all of these existential things that I'm grappling with right now what I do know is um, the running community is amazing and everyone is so supportive everyone I met at the finish line who helped me the nice guy from Spain, who lives in Berlin, who didn't run away when I was puking, whereas a couple other guys like ran away and moved away from me and was like gross. And he came towards me. Um, you know, it's just an incredibly supportive community. Running a marathon is really special. Like, like I said, I just had so much fun doing it. Um, it's one of those things where when you're training for something, you visualize it and you're like, what am I going to, what am I going to wear? What am I going to feel like? How am I going to be at this mile? And then you're actually in it. Um, and to like be able to take a minute to appreciate that and be in the moment. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Um, is really special. And I was able to do that yesterday and that was, that was really cool. And I think that's, that's so important. Um, yeah, I think that's just really important to stay in the moment and to stay, you know, like focused on gratitude and what it, what it means to be able to do this. It's really a luxury to be able to, um, have the means to come to a place like Berlin to, run a marathon or have the means to do it in general, the time to train, the colleagues that are supportive of my efforts, um, a work that allow a, a workplace that allows for it because I can, you know, I can work it into early morning or whenever it is. Um, it's not something to be, to be taken for granted, obviously in terms of health, and coming back postpartum, it's, I just think it's so important to focus on those things. Uh, so I just feel really grateful. I feel really grateful for all of that. And yeah, I mean, you know, again, highly recommend running 
the Berlin Marathon if you can. It, the weather was great, just the perfect time of year. Berlin is such a beautiful city. Um, I was here about 20 years ago, and I just, I don't remember it being, like, as friendly and inviting and just, like, people really just want to help you. Um, yeah, so that's it, I guess. So thanks for listening to me talk for 40 minutes. I'm trying to think if there's anything, anything I left out. I don't know. Um, but if, you know, 40 minutes of me talking is 40 minutes too much, that's fine. I don't blame you. If you want more, let me know. We can certainly talk about the Berlin Marathon more. If you have any questions about um, working with Megan, about the Berlin Marathon. Oh, the other the other personal shout out is Ayn Bowie, who has been running my strength program for the last, um, for the last almost a year um, since I had Ellie just really helping me with everything. Um, Carolyn Latham, who I've gone to for a few things, who's just incredible. She's out in San Anselmo, right near SFRC in San Anselmo. She's awesome. I just adore her. Um, Adolfo Liu with Avanzari Chiropractic. He's like right near the Presidio in San Francisco. I would drive 10 hours to see him. He's a miracle worker. Um, yeah, just everyone who has been so supportive of me getting here. Um, and you know what? If it had been a less than great day, I'd be bummed, but I'd still be grateful. So with that, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.